Ultra. Countdown to Infinity, where we are recapping the Marvel films one movie at a time until the release of Avengers Infinity War in May. I am Ray Ruzo, and I have with me Chris O'Connor and Becca Raybergen. Yo! Excelsior! We were going to have a special guest tonight, but he's a very, very busy man, and we are going to miss having Scott Corelli on the show, but we will... Definitely have him on again for Ant-Man uh, when we get around to that. See, you had the opportunity to say that it could have been anybody. It's like, very, very busy man. Mr. John Stewart was too, he just had too much on his plate. Right? You, know, you could have gone with anything. That would have been fun. They didn't, they didn't have to know it was man. Scott Corelli. I mean, obviously it was Scott Corelli, but okay. <laughs> Next I, time. I was going to give, you know, Next credit time. where credit was due, I guess. Yeah, John Stewart. <laughs> Honesty is boring. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Well, you um, you guys are fresh off of the uh, Back to the Future YouTube reading, right? Yeah, yeah. Today, uh, the as of the day of recording this episode for you guys, which will be a couple weeks before it actually gets released, uh, we uh, the the dueling genre family, um, as part of uh, Back to the Future minutes, sort of um grand finale well i mean they already finished like they've recorded their their episodes for all three movies and they did a special uh on the ride and they've done a number of of uh other specials and they've done they've got patreon exclusive episodes um but as sort of like a a capstone on the thing um uh, uh, to finish it off uh today we recorded a uh, a live um youtube like google hangout uh, video of uh, a bunch of people from dueling genre, a lot of people from um, the Geek by Night uh, production, uh, reading the shooting script of Back to the Future, and I got to be Biff Tannen. I was nice. a terrible asshole. Nice. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. We we had a lot of fun with it, and uh, yeah, it's it's somewhere up there on the YouTube. I mean, like as of right now, it's still processing, um, but it uh, well, there'll be a, a link that um, that we can throw up if anybody wants it. Awesome. Super cool. So today we are covering Guardians of the Galaxy, a movie oh that when it first came out made me go, why the fuck are they making a movie about a tree and a raccoon? I want a Black Widow movie. Go away. We were sitting <laughs> in like, I think we were sitting on your sofa and complaining about it. And Definitely. Then, and then I feel like we went to see Thor and they released the first trailer and we were like, okay, I'm in. It looks kind of fun. All right. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, once it got across, like, how... Once they put Hooked on a Feeling Honestly, in there. It was Hooked <laughs> on a Feeling. Exactly. Ooga, chaka, ooga, and ooga. rewatching the movie this time, I can... 
I still say the soundtrack to this film is just part of what makes it so great as yeah. like a yeah. holistic experience. Yeah. yeah. So it did it that awesome mix volume one, the compilation did hit number one on the Billboard 200 chart and which was the first time a soundtrack album had ever gotten that high that consisted of songs that had previously been released because everything mm-hmm. on there was, you know, obviously from the 60s to yeah. the 80s. Yeah. Which is really cool. And then I think just sales of those songs went through the roof. Oh, yeah. Like, they all got, like, huge pops back up yep. onto the chart. It was like, oh, hey, residuals. Yay! Even, like, classically obnoxious songs like <laughs> Ain't No Mountain High Enough and... Hey, I love that song. <laughs> I know. That's, yeah, this is the thing is, like, all Don't of those songs are song. classics. Yeah. And um, Escape. AKA the Pina Colada song. Like, <laughs> I, I just. <laughs> hundreds of years from now, hundreds of years from now, those songs will be performed at, like, you know, uh, the, the, the best operas in the world as, as like, <laughs> classics of late 20th century uh, uh, popular music. Oh, God, no. So this movie felt so bizarre jumping into it straight after The Winter Soldier because. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you have, when you're watching on like, as the movies were coming out in theaters, you had a long enough time between these two films to kind of decompress. And then to go straight from like, we've done what, eight Marvel films in a row that have all been dealing with like the same characters and the same sort of cluster of stories. And then to jump to this completely different end of the universe was just kind of a mindfuck. Galaxy. Yeah, a little bit. But also like a much needed breath. Palate cleanser. You know? Yeah. Like especially coming off of Winter Soldier. It's like it's like the cheese you have to carry around if you're doing it if you're a judge at a chocolate. Exactly. Drink. Actually, when I was getting towards the end of Winter Soldier and I saw like the little bit with the twins, I'm like, fuck, is Age of Ultron next? Oh <laughs> And then you remembered that Guardians of the Galaxy was first and you're like, Oh thank God. Oh phew. Thank God. Okay. I got a bit of a reprieve before my angry exactly. kicked in. A, such a good reprieve. Yep, a pleasant surprise. Yep. Yeah, I think everything about this movie was just like a really pleasant surprise because I didn't Definitely. have a lot of yeah. expectations going in. Yeah, I I didn't either. It was uh like I I don't know. I kind of have the impression you guys knew a little bit more about Guardians than I did. I knew like, nothing I, about I think... them except for hmm. there was a raccoon and a tree and a tree. Yeah. Yeah, that, I, I was aware, I was vaguely aware of the existence of yeah. the raccoon in the tree, and that's it. And that um, Captain Marvel sometimes hung out with them in the comics. That was my that was my extent of the knowledge. <laughs> okay, all right, so we were kind of all on the same page yeah. in that regard. Rocket once tried to kill Carol's cat, which is not actually a cat, it's an it's alien. It's a flurkin. It's a flurkin. Chewie is a flurkin. It lays eggs. Chewie? Yes. It is named after Chewbacca. Carol is a nerd. That's great. That's great. Carol is a nerd. The beginning of this movie is yeah. so dark. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, it's sad. My roommate's father had only ever seen like bits and pieces of Guardians of the Galaxy as it was airing on TV. And yeah. really, he really likes the movie. And then he saw it from the beginning and he was like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because the first, that, that flashback sequence and then even the introduction to Peter's Completely. Yeah, like before the before the logo rolls, yeah. it's a complete it's so tonal dark. shift. Nineteen eighty eight in the like the sad hospital and like uh, and that and the, you know there was a um and it, obviously it was very sad like when I saw it the first time, 
but um i i realized rewatching it like i had like a very different kind of take on it it's like uh um, you know, obviously it's sad for Peter and, and of course we follow Peter throughout the whole movie. He's, he's our main character and protagonist, but, and like, you know, it's obviously also very sad for his, his mother, you know, yeah. she, she's dying and like, you know, the, the little moment where he can't take her hand, but who I felt so bad for. And like, I, I kind of want to know, kind of slash his grandfather, his grandfather, yeah. like, I don't want to know what happened where this guy just lost his daughter and she's like surrounded by family. There's a lot of family and friends mm-hmm. there. So it seems like, you know, she, you know, as much as Peter's father wasn't in the picture and who knows what, how tense that may have made things. I don't know. But, but the fact is like people loved her right. and they loved him. And he was, you know, he wasn't like some cast off grandson that, that nobody cared about. Like, you know, he was like, Peter, you know, wait here. Your mom has something for you. Uh, you got to come here, mm-hmm. take your hand. You know, he's like, he's very engaged. And and obviously he's distracted because his daughter is dying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then you know he makes the I guess you know in hindsight the mistake of being like Peter you know wait out here, and yeah. then Peter runs away. And then like for this for for his grandfather it's like his daughter dies and then his grandson goes missing and is never seen or heard from again. Yeah, that's crushing. I'm tearing up a little bit just thinking about it right now. Yeah. I had never, like, uh, in, in all my watch, on all the watches that I'd done of this movie before, I'd never thought about it. But I guess now, like, having my own son for perspective and trying to, like, imagine, um, you know, myself in that position, not exactly, I, I mean, being, like, in his mom's position. And, like, if that was my son and, like, my dad was, you know, watching me die. Anyway, oh, this guy really That's terrible. really depressing. You, you get that little transition to him on the planet however yeah. 26 years later however many years later mm-hmm. i think it's 26 With the super serious sci-fi synthesizer right? score and it's it was like it's something like, out of mass effect yeah. exactly it's like you have this grand landscape and it's dark and it's raining and it's just abysmal. it's all and sad yeah and then he pulls out the walkman oh well oh ding, but before ding, he pulls ding, out the ding, ding. yeah but like another thing that was like adding to that sadness is whatever that little hologram projector thingy that he pulls out. What what was it? Okay, so was it was it showing a recording that it had, or was it able to reach back into the past? I always thought it was like a projection of like people in the past. Yeah, that's what oh, I thought. Oh man, that's crazy. But it's like not a recording. It's able to see what right. was there. Oh, that makes me sad. That makes I just sadder. thought about something. If it's a destroyed world and the Infinity Stone was there, was it destroyed by the Infinity Stone? Oh. Maybe. I like that. I think Ooh, I, I just hit on lot. something. Yeah, that's a distinct possibility. It's the only like lit up working thing there is like the little energy cage that holds it. So you have like this dark, grim, depressing... And then all of a sudden he puts on the headphones and it starts, he plays the intro come to come and get, get you. Love. Love. And he's like dancing and skipping. Oh and he's having a that great time. That was like the best. When he grabs yeah. that little lizard thing and starts and using it as a microphone. I <laughs> <laughs> like, I, you know, I saw some people that were like, oh, how dare he hurt those animals? Like, dude, those, those things were all trying to eat him. Yeah. They weren't. They wouldn't have done a good job about it. But if this was like a different movie in the '80s, like Critters, those things would have been devouring the people they they found. Mm-hmm. So it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like, 
Hey guys, do I have to remind you it's CGI? They're not actual animals. <laughs> no, the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park were real, guys. <laughs> they were real. Killed Headed all those poor people dinosaurs. for the ethical treatment of dinosaurs. So he does his little song and dance, literally, uh, making his way to go grab this Keep shaking orb. Shaking over the title screen. Which we yeah. don't know what it is really that he's after, other than it's just an orb. And it's he like grabs anything. And it, the, yeah, the Temple of Doom. Yes. Uh, no, the yep. uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark moment, where he's got to he's got to like you know sort of mm-hmm. pull it off the thing there. That's that's cool stuff. Ah. I mean, this whole movie is basically a nostalgia. Oh, yeah. trigger like that. It, that's all it is. It's all just like eighties nostalgia packed yep. into a sci-fi thriller. So. He manages to get the orb and is immediately confronted by all of Ronan's little hench people. Specifically, Jaimon Huntsu. So oh underutilized But in this still, movie. like, all of his yeah. moments were really fun. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you rubbing rubbing your gob? Star-Lord. <laughs> and he's just like, hey, hey, man, this is cool. Just you know, take it. I, I, I didn't even know what it was. Like, blah, blah. I'm just a junker, man. And then he immediately turns like he. There's another name you might know me by, Star Lord. Who? He's like trying to be all badass. <laughs> I love the running thing it's of so just like good. nobody taking the Star Lord thing seriously. Ninja Turtle, stop poking me! <laughs> I love I love his references. So so he calls the guy <laughs> one of the the necro yeah. whatever they are's dead something. Anyway, more more faceless henchmen. These aren't like the henchmen from Iron Man Three. These people. These, these things don't matter. Um, but, uh, but yeah, his, his thing where he calls him Ninja Turtle. So it's 19, like, it was it 86 or 88? It was 88. 88. Oh, 88. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was 86. Uh, yeah. So 88, the cartoon would have just started. So, okay. Yeah. I was going to say he had to have read the car- uh, the comic books, which came out in like 84, but if it was 88, not 86. Why not both? Curse my eyes. Yeah. 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 Por que no los dos? Yeah, I suppose. But yeah, I like that, you know, plug for Ninja Turtles minute, uh, where we deconstruct the 1990 Ninja Turtles movie one minute at a time. Nice and, sli- nice and sneaky there. I know, yeah. right? I, you know, these, these, these like weird monsters, like I, why do they, why are their guns so huge? Like the one that Jimon Hansu is, is like holding is like as big as his torso. Yeah, I know. Like in this I movie, it's, it's like weird. I think it's just for the spaciness uh, of it. Yeah, I guess. I mean, Rocket's <laughs> gonna have a gun that's bigger than he is, so. Yeah, but that's just funny, cute. I know. Everything about Rocket is funny. Rocket's and cute. the best. <laughs> so, you know, he's he escapes from the planet on that like really great like ship scene, Except- doing all these flips oh. and. Oh, also, yeah. like, on the, the flying away, like, blasting through the thing and, like, getting to the ship. Like, uh, he, he has mm-hmm. one of those little gravitational weapons. It's not as strong as the the, the Dark Elves grenades, yeah. but, really cool. but he has one of those, too. And he, yeah. def- he like, sucked a whole bunch of the dudes together into that. Uh, yeah. And, th- and then it, like, stops working and they get up and they're like, <laughs> hey, that sucked. Or... <laughs> so, yeah. I really <laughs> like the, the entire opening and introduction to, you know, adult Star-Lord Peter. Um, with the exception of the one thing that happens on the Milano after he has escaped from the planet, oh. which is random girl yeah. popping up and then him saying, I completely was, forgot about what you. What was her name? N- Navit? Because that is the yeah. most unnecessary thing in the history of movies. 
I'm like, do we oh. really need you to be a womanizer on well, top of not, everything? Well, not, not even that. Just that they can introduce him as a womanizer using in a different way, other than just, oh, I completely forgot there was a chick on my spaceship. It seems yeah, really what? disingenuous, too. Well, I mean, he's mm. constantly talking about it later in the movie. Yeah, and, and they're, they're, they're sort of, like, walking, like, a fine line of... Uh, he has, like, a sort of very um, bro-y... Uh, bro um, mm-hmm. charming sexism about him. Um, and, and that vein is like throughout the movie, like it's, mm-hmm. it's sort of like there and there are moments there. Um, in fact, that was a thing like, uh, going into this movie that some people were like, oh, James Gunn, uh, he's the worst. He's going to ruin this. Cause there was, um, there was like a, a, a little internet kerfuffle scandal, um, like a couple of years before this movie. I think it was like just after he got announced as being the director for Guardians of the Galaxy or something. But he had had like a, a personal website or something or a commentary website of his own that he ran where he did like a thing about like um, sexy uh, like superhero characters. And it was, you know, very degrading and stuff. horrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, probably. But yeah, I mean, so th- so a lot of people were really, really like, oh, James Gunn's going to ruin it. And he sort of like there's some of that in there. But at the same time, it could have been a whole lot worse. It's very, yeah. it could be yeah. a lot worse. And also, like some of it is kind of, you know, charming. Whatever. I mean, the fact of the matter is, he like clearly owns up to having slept with some sort of alien Disgusting. that is grotesque, and possibly with tentacles. <laughs> so the girl who, the man who is sla- <laughs> yep. laying with the Escavarian. I didn't. I know yes. what. I come on. <laughs> All pointy teeth and tentacles. <laughs> yep. I just, I feel bad for her. You know, how would you feel, you know, waking up to like being bounced around? <laughs> I'm just amazed she didn't have a, well, I mean, there's like, isn't there like, like in, in one of the bits where it, like it's, it's getting tossed around where he like falls back through the cockpit mm-hmm. and like cracks his head on a bar or something? Probably. He should have, he should have died. So I'm kind of <laughs> surprised she didn't die. Yeah, well, well you know. Well, maybe she was in the very comfy bed and had some like cushioning. <laughs> yes, know. definitely. Maybe maybe it up. Yeah, it, it was like a sort of a lockdown bunk situation. <laughs> so uh, at the end of his escape, yeah. he gets hailed by somebody obviously he knows who turns out You've to got be an incoming call, Peter. Don't answer. Don't answer it. It's bright blue dude. <laughs> She's like Click. with a funky thing, red thing on his head. It's not as funky as the thing in the second film. <laughs> No, no, it's, yeah, that, that was definitely one of those, it's just sort of like a a, a, yeah. a, a bar across his head, yeah. which was a little interesting. <sighs> I just love his speech to Peter that's like, when we found you, these guys wanted to eat you. They had never eaten Taryn before. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we sort of bounce really, we bounce from a little casual sex into a little casual cannibalism. It's, you know, there's, there's, there's some good pinballing around. <laughs> Right. I mean, is it cannibalism if they're not the same race? It's not. Huh. Or I don't know. Species. But you know what? I'm I'm just really not. This this is a, a, a common problem with, um, you know, sort of uh, big budget, like popular sci-fi and, and fantasy and stuff. But really, how different are the Ravengers as, as a species, like the Zandarians? Like, they're, they're just humans with, like, different Probably. colors in places, right? I mean. Pretty much. Everything else is exactly the same. It's cannibalism. So I mean, like, you know, yeah. if if you saw if you saw a horse eating a zebra, you'd be like that cannibalistic bastard. Probably. <laughs> oh, that's a weird image. Also, horses are vegetarians. 
<laughs> kind of like the Jabari. Uh, they'll, 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 they'll tear you to pieces. Um, I, I know that there's a scene with Ronan before we actually go to Xandar. Let's just but go to I Xandar. I want to focus on I Xandar, go to Xandar for a Xandar second. Because Xandar is bright because... and colorful and has Nova Prime, a.k.a. Glenn Close. It's America. Yeah. It's a mall. It's a mall in space. So the thing about Xandar, you know, there's all this kerfuffle because apparently the Kree and Xandar have been at war for a really long time and they just signed a peace mm -hmm. treaty. Ronan is not pleased with it at all. He wants to kill them all. And He's an extremist. Even the the dealer, the, the broker, yeah, with the, the broker, the, the broker, funky that, eyebrows, um, which is a, the worst, the worst name, because because he is a broker, so he's broker the broker. That's like being doctor the doctor or or mechanic the mechanic. I ugh, maybe whatever. their names are their <laughs> trades. I mean, like you know, the collector is the collector who's a collector. I mean, come on. Yeah, I guess I don't know. Maybe they just go by like. Code. Like Pete, you know how right. people's last names used to like be. I like I said, there's their so many trade Smiths is their name. Their name well, is their trade. Everyone yeah. used yeah. to be a blacksmith. Thatcher. But the whole thing is like the broker is really upset because, um, you know, Ronan wants to wipe out Zandarians and Zandarian culture, my culture. I'm like, what is your culture? I wish yeah. the movie would have done a little bit of like just any it sort of just digging. Looks like America, it looks like <laughs> a mall in space. I mean, like the the brawl where where yeah, like where like you know plaza. where our guardians meet one another. It's like a fight at the Mall of America, and then Pretty the sh and then the security shows up, mm -hmm. and and yeah, I mean, like basically, like Xandar feels very much like, and even like uh when they get to the end battle, like you know, there's like very strong shades of nine eleven. It's like you know, Xandar is New York City. Xandar is 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 sort of L A. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, I and, can and see also that. that kind of fits with that kind of fits with um you know Ronan's uh, refrain of like your disease is a culture nothing <laughs> I mean your your culture is a disease and like there's nothing sacred about you people and blah 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 which you know sort of fits with the uh the the strain of religious extremism opposed to the United States now um mm -hmm. is like that's sort of a, a common refrain is like that we're a bunch of uh, um unsacred blah 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 who you know need to be Cleansed That's and blah, a lot blah, of blues blah. and blahs. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of blues and blahs because I didn't want to... Whatever. Speaking <laughs> we of all know. blues and blahs. <laughs> we all know. Yeah, lead pace, pace is just going to lead pace the fuck out of this movie, okay? Oh, my God. Yeah, I never realized yeah. how large he was. Like, yeah. Because, like, like, on, on Pushing Daisies, like, he just right. looks like a sweet little guy. I mean, you know, not little, but you know, like I never got the impression that he could. Yeah, loom he just went all people. in on this movie. Even on Wonderfalls, yeah. like he he's tall, yes, but I just thought not that imposing. was because Jay was short, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like nope, and then nope. especially he's with enormous in the Hobbit. Yeah. As uh, Thranduil, like very tall and willowy, oh yeah, the, but still yeah, again not really looming. Yeah. yeah, tall and elegant, but chopping heads off ridiculously. Like, he is so imposing mm -hmm. that I forget that it's Lee Pace. and It's just you know, Ronan. Both the costuming and the acting is just A+. Plus Massive, naked him. Lee Pace. He must have Which, had right? so much fun doing that. Because, like, yeah. playing a villain is always fun. Like, yeah. you get to tap into those parts of yourself that we all have. We all have Ronan, that little Ronan, part of ourselves, um, but we tamp it down. And Ronan, Ronan the Accuser... Um, Nowhere near as bad as the Dark Elves, um, but not 
as good as like the Mandarin. No. Not as good as Loki. Obviously not as good as Loki. But right. I, I suppose he's like a mid-tier Marvel like, villain. You have he, a he, basic like, okay, I understand your motivation, but I don't care about your motivation because right. you're just evil. Yeah. You're just yeah, the it, it bad is, guy. And also, yeah, like I, I, and also he's just such an asshole. Like, uh, because I mean, like I love that bit where Glenn Close as Nova Prime is like trying to talk to the Kree government, and be like, "You guys signed a treaty, and and this rogue guy with his ship is going around to our 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 various Zandarian planetary <laughs> and they malls. Go, oh, that's and not our problem. Like a terrorist asshole." And that's not our problem. That's bullshit. That's not your problem. You're a sovereign government, and one of your citizens is going around killing people. It is your problem. You just signed a treaty. Yep. Oh, yep. Kree are useless. So another point that I want to make is, you know, we're getting introduced now to Gamora at this point in the movie. Mm-hmm. And it struck me a little bit the first time, but really this time is that I feel like her entire character arc happened before the movie even started. It definitely did. <laughs> yes. Actually, that makes that makes perfect sense. At the time of the film, when she's introduced, she already knows right. she's going to betray Ronan and Thanos, yeah. and she yeah. just wants to get the fuck out. So, she had her growth and her turnaround, and like something must have happened that yeah. made her realize. Yeah, it's interesting. So the thing is, like... I guess the storyline that they have to do with her at that point is the going from I don't play well with others to mm-hmm. joining a team, which is kind of the arc for yeah, all for of them. So that kind of makes it feel a little left. You know, I, well, I wish there I had been more meat to Gamora's story. The meat to Gamora's story was going to be with Nebula, which they were going to do for the second movie. And that the they just didn't movie. have time yeah. to devote yep. to Gamora and Nebula. Everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Drax got more to do in the first one and less to do in the second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is just frustrating as, like, the lone female character, you know? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> She's not alone anymore. Nope. There are now three women in that team, sort of. I guess. Uh, is no. Nebula well, part no, of the Nebula team? Left. I don't know. <laughs> I, they, they'd let her back in. Well, yeah, they'd let her back in if back she came first. back. But, she, but, but the thing is, she's not going to come back. Oh, well, but she's going off to kill Thanos. So she may, yeah, she's in Infinity War. So, ooh, we'll see. We'll see in just a couple months. <laughs> also, oh Karen God. Gillan. Amazing. Like, oh, so good. Complete 180 Amy from Pond. <laughs> Amy Pond. <laughs> Amy Pond, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. My fi- you estranged my favorite daughter. <laughs> like her, her, her ability to sort of sneer and grunt and like angrily talk throughout yeah. this movie is is really good. It's like a precursor to Negasonic Teenage Warhead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, except she's she's a little yeah. more motivated. Oh, uh, just a a lot more. Yeah, more motivated than say. Negasonic Teen. <laughs> way more motivated because you know i don't see her on her on her cell phone like just texting away like with negasonic teenage warhead there was an element of just sort of sullen youthful rebellion and rebel uh, and boredom yeah yeah where you know she just kind of wasn't into it she wasn't there she wasn't present in the moment but uh yeah nebula is just like "Mm." yeah so also in this like mall of america scene mall of xandar scene uh mall of xandar hashtag mall of xandar so Gamora takes the orb, runs off. Man of honor. 
Yeah, calls him a man of honor, kicks him in the stomach, <laughs> takes it and runs. Peter <laughs> he runs after her. And we see, oh. And okay, but before during that. During the chase, we see Rocket and Groot um, checking things out. That was such a uh, great yeah. intro. Oh, there's so much fun. They it's not cool Stan to get Lee help. Creeping, which was Class like, A prevert. They had yeah. to like, twist Stan Lee's arm to get him to cameo in this movie because he's had no part ever in Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, he huh, doesn't okay. even know who the characters are. So, <laughs> so again, not the Watcher. Yeah. He was just being we're like an old halfway. Perf. We're like halfway through the run. Yeah. This is, uh, is this nine I out so. of, or, t- or 10 out of 18? Yeah. More so often yeah, we're than more than not. halfway through, and like, how many instances? Yeah, yeah, more often than not, there's no way he's the watcher. Yep. So, oh my goodness. Rocket is, you know, checking everything out, it's looking cool for a bounty, and he turns around, and Groot's drinking out of the water fountain. And I just love this entire <laughs> yeah. scene. I am Groot. <laughs> I am Groot. I am Groot. I saw an article. It was about volume two, but it has to exist for volume one as well. Is that there is a script that is specifically for Vin oh, Diesel's sure. eyes only? Yeah, which has oh. exactly yeah. what so that he can get the right, so that he knows great. Yeah, so that he can get he can get yeah. the right. That's kind function. of awesome. Yeah. So and like, then that kind of makes sense that uh, that Rocket is able to read it because because uh, they mm-hmm. have like an interesting sort of Han and Chewie vibe where. Nobody understands Chewbacca, but Han's like, yeah, buddy, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Or like Stewie on Family Guy, only a couple of people can understand him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's yeah, very yeah. true, because like, you can tell in the performance, Yeah, he's saying things, like, uh-huh. it means something. You just don't know what it is. It's like, his vocabulistics are limited to I and am and Groot. In that order. <laughs> Oh my god. Bradley Cooper did such a great job. Vocabulistics. Yeah, he really did. (laughs) I was totally, like, I was charmed by Rocket in a very, very big way. Yeah, so the brawl at the mall, like, you know, the brawl at the mall, I like it. She's like, she's like tackling him and, like, you know, getting the mount position in it. You know, they're doing the sort of, like, typical intergender, like, sexy moment fight kind of thing. And, uh, you know, like, I like the bit where he slaps the the little rocket on her and, like, sends her flying. But, uh, man, she. She chops. She Groot does. To Poor Groot. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then later he's like by my arm. crying in his arms, and Rocket's just it'll grow back. <laughs> Which it'll grow back. Chekhov's <laughs> oh, regrowing yeah. limbs. <laughs> How many Chekhov's things are we gonna have lot, in this one? I, I wonder. A lot. Oh, they do a lot great. of like setting things up before doing. Like there's yeah. a lot of good setup and payoff I, in the writing. I love I love what he what he's like. Uh, put him in the bag and Groot like puts Gamora in the bag and 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 Groot's and and you know Rocket's like we're genders, man. <laughs> and it's just like that is so useless in an intergalactic interspecies what situation, right? Which we'll get to when we get to the prison. But I mean, like, man. It's hilarious. Well, they're almost they're almost at the prison because yeah, that's Rocket just, and Groot try to. Yeah, right. Rocket and Groot want to get Peter so that they right. can collect the bounty on him oh. from Yondu, and then they all get arrested they're be because rich. they're all forty thousand units. Which, um, I love how they show no- the Novacore in this movie. It's just so pretty, like with the the ships yeah. and the you know <laughs> laser beams. It's, it's so pretty, and also they're just working yeah. class cops. Exactly. Like these are yeah. these are these are basically sort of like the archetypal yep. suburban cops. They're just doing that you their want. job. 
that are just like they're doing their job and they're not like all that bothered about anything. And they recognize Star Lord. It's hey, it's Star (laughs) Prince. I busted this guy for petty theft. What a bunch of a holes. as like sort of in a in a superhero movie as as like an intergalactic yep. cop, it's whose boss funny, is Glenn Close. Like... <laughs> it's great. Again, so... yeah. take a bunch of mi- famous people, make them say space bullshit. <laughs> so great. Oh, so then you get the lineup that they used in a bunch of the trailers. Yep, yep. Minus Drax, who was already in the prison, so they had to have shot his lineup special right. uh, specifically for the. Specifically so for the when trailer. I was watching, I did manage to take. I wrote down what Pete, what Peter's priors were, which um, there are a couple that were pretty normal, like you know, assault and uh, theft and uh, a couple of other things. And then the one that was public intoxication, public, yeah, something, something like that. And then there was the last one was um, one count illegal manipulations of Gramosian Duchess. <sighs> I, what does right? that mean? I I don't know. <laughs> I, Space bullshit. Because it, it could be either really funny it could be interpreted or really rapey. dark. It could be pretty dark. Yeah, I I choose to believe that it's like yeah. he's a con man, and he's and, he, and you know you know like in those old movies with you know the con man like going after right. the older wealthy woman and, and yeah you know, just just trying to play her for her money. Mm-hmm. That's the manipulation. That that's what it was. Mm-hmm. He was okay. pulling a con job. And also, also in this moment where we're introduced to uh, like the sternest of the suburban cops, what Peter Serafinowicz. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what a bunch of a holes! So, so yep. very British, lending a certain oh, level yes. of like uh, you know, sort of uh, derision and sophistication to the. But it's a know. perfect mm. balance from between him and John C. Riley. It just fit. It just works. Oh yeah. So during the arrest, um, you know, they're they're confiscating all of their belongings and bickering with each other but the moment that really got me and it just i feel like it speaks a lot about how peter mm-hmm. developed uh psychologically from develop. where he was or didn't develop as it were but the guards are like going through his stuff yeah. and they pull out the walkman and yeah. uh hooked on a feeling is playing that's mine and that's he says specifically that yeah. song belongs to me yeah because for him it does there's literally nowhere, yeah. nobody he knows who, who who knows that song. No one. And yeah. there's nowhere yeah. he can go to feel close uh, to so, his mother. So that guy listening to it without his, that, that guy listening to it mm-hmm. without his permission is, is taking a thing from him that yeah. nobody else in, that, that's around him can yeah. have. Like, you think about yeah. it, like, you lose, for us, if we lose someone, when we're really young, we can, you know, have pictures, we can have, you know, stories told by our families, we can go to visit their you know, headstones or graves or whatever. Peter doesn't have any of yeah. that. He the only thing he has is this Walkman. Yeah. Like that's it. Yeah, and he, and even then, like even in those instances where people are sort of, uh, you know, like orphans um, on Earth are are removed from their situation, and you know they don't grow up in family, they don't have much left over from from you know the the, the family they had. There is a certain level of um, not even. Uh, I mean, like even if you if you, if you get moved to a different country, you're still on the same planet, and there's still a lot of sort of similar elements, a lot of the same things. Like maybe if the language changes, you still will have heard some of the same songs. You can still reference some of the same movies. There's still there's a deep right. well of culture there. Whereas in his case, all of his culture was in his backpack, 
and it got taken with him to a place where nobody gives a crap about the American Top 40. Um, you know, none of those songs have penetrated the uh, Zandarian zeitgeist. Uh, the Ravagers mm-hmm. don't give a damn about the Ninja Turtles. Um, all of this stuff is in his head, and it's his own thing. And it's his, uh, it's his memories of Earth and of his mother and his grandfather and, and, and all that stuff. And so it's extra mm-hmm. special to him. Well, I'm just thinking about the scene later when he's describing Footloose <laughs> yeah. to Gamora, a great hero named Kevin Bacon. Who saved the village of people with sticks up their butts. <laughs> Who put the sticks up their butts? <laughs> We're just bouncing around on this one. It's hard to it's hard to go in like linear fashion on this. One. I know. We're doing it's better so than we did with Thor. Uh, so back in the prison, you know, Sexy Gamora's in... We get to see that Andy and, shaped the uh-huh. hell up. Man, mm-hmm. that that yeah. was unexpected. I'm just like, wait a second. The schlubbiest guy on Parks and Recreation? <laughs> right? What? I know. Ugh. Wow. There's a really funny article, and I need to link to it. Uh, he had to regain some of the weight back after this film to do Parks oh, and Recreation, like another season of it. <laughs> So he just like had this article on like how to gain weight and it's just the funniest <laughs> thing I had ever read in my life because it's all ridiculous. It's like ride around on scooters as much as possible. Eat an entire chicken in one sitting. Like, so it was the it was the Andy it way was very of funny. gaining back the weight. And then he has to lose it again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think he put on as much as he used yeah, to. Yeah. Because honestly, once you get into that really good shape, yeah. like barring significant injury. You never really want to go back. And I think he'd also signed in for oh. signed on for all those other projects. And plus too. knowing he had sequels to do. Once the world saw Peter Quill, they wanted him for other things. Whoa. We we want you to look like that. We don't want you to look like uh yeah. Andy from the from Parks and Yeah. Rec. He had to gain enough to reasonably be Andy again, but not so much that it was going to be impossible well, not impossible, but difficult. To get into passengers and yeah. Jurassic World and Guardians too and and there yeah. was a Magnificent Seven. Wasn't he in the Magnificent Seven? Glow up. Yeah, Magnificent Seven. That's it. Yeah. So in the prison, we got a Nathan Fillion. Cameo from Nathan Fillion. Completely unrecognizable. Yep. Had absolutely nope. no idea. Had to read a whole bunch yep. of stuff. And then, uh, yeah. you know, he promptly got some some uh, twigs up his nose. Because <laughs> yep. he was saying rapey shit, yeah, which that, is lovely. Okay, so let's talk. Yeah, that was lovely, horrible. I mean, gross. So I guess we should talk about this now. Like this idea yeah. of a space like intersex prison mm-hmm. is a terrible idea. This is yep. a bad, yeah. bad. I mean, granted, like w- between species, like I don't know, like what. Well, it would be a complicated thing. I imagine that uh, that that sort of intergalactic culture has all sorts of issues that it has to deal with that we can't even imagine but at the same time like this this idea of just throwing them all into the same space and the guards don't care is terrible yeah also in like there was no way they would have put Gamora and Gen Pop no just like would not have happened come on just I mean both because she is a risk to other people and because other people are a risk to her yep anybody who's anybody knows who she is Everyone knows who she is. They all have a beef with Ronan and they want to take it out on her, including Drax. But yeah, <laughs> so that so as much as the Zandarians are supposed to be like sort of uh, average suburban American cops, they fucked up. They're still that, pretty that was, dumb. That's not cool. Their their prison system is all yeah. also 
Also, their prison system is off world. Also, okay, also, like keeping... they have taken their prisoners and yeah, they... <laughs> to the kiln. They called it the kiln. Um, so yeah, all of yeah. their keeping all of their effects there on the premises and their ships is stupid. That's really, <laughs> That's really, the really dumb. Thing. That um, bitch planet would have some tips for uh, them. Yes, yes, it would. Nathan, Nathan Fillion, Nathan Fillion totally got his nose ripped. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I'm in pain. Like, my nose just hurt for a second thinking about and it. I feel like he probably got his brain scrambled a little bit, too, because Groot definitely went further than his nose. Ain't yeah. no thing like me but me. Oh, oh yeah, that shot is he's, it. like, you know, getting dressed in his prison uniform where you see, Poor like, trash panda. All the ports so on sad. his back. Oh, you know, there, w- there was a time in my youth when I would go to, uh, I don't think it even exists anymore, but uh, there was a, an old website, like, in the 90s called Style Project. It was horrific. But, you know, they would share, like, gore and scary shit, stuff that, you know, I shouldn't have looked at, but as an 18-year-old, I was like, Ugh! But, like, it reminded me of, like, pictures, like, fr- that from snuck out of, like, animal labs of, like, what have been done, what have been done to, to like, yeah, anyway. It was sad. It made me sad. It was yeah. like a, it was like a quick little shot, and it, and it managed to elicit emotion from me for this talking raccoon. Wow, Marvel. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, seriously. This is amazing. <laughs> so a bunch of people grab Gamora in the middle of the night and go to Keller and Peter's like, wait, no, don't, don't and do And then the Rocket's thing. like, no, you idiot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and Dave Batista. Dave Batista. Yes. He's so big. Um, I feel like the portrayal of Drax in this movie is one of the more important things that they did because it's, and I know I had a lot of like high, uh, former high school and college class classmates who were like, "Hey, I've got like an autistic cousin or like a sibling, and we went took them to see this movie, and it was really good for them to see Drax and somebody who just didn't understand metaphors." Yeah, I've seen a and, lot of think pieces yeah. about that, and just yeah, also the fact that Drax is a powerful, competent mm-hmm. character. He his mm-hmm. his brain and his cult from his culture whatever just he thinks differently and that's what neurodiversity is yep 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 nothing would go over my head i am too fast my reflexes are too fast i would catch it i would catch it <laughs> <laughs> oh, finger on the throat <laughs> why would i put my finger on his throat? my finger on his throat oh and, it, and like you know, Quill showing off his scars. This is from a smoking hot Kree. No, this is from a Kree girl. This is from the hot Ray Jack girl. And this is from skinny little Oscarvaria. And I was trying to get information. <laughs> it was just like you know the sort of like a uh, Jaws like scene showing off his scars, which I think I think is mm-hmm. uh, shown up a, a couple of times before in Marvel movies. Oh, mm-hmm. man. But but uh, yeah, like his his whole scene where he's like talking. Drax out of killing Gamora and sort of like winning her over and 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 like uh, this yeah. is like this is his actual superpower. Like all of his weapons are useful and they certainly help him fight. He talks, but his 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 uh his his saving grace and his thing that that gets him out of thing is that he's his, his ability to distract he's so charming. people. He's charming, but he's also a tactician. And if you mm-hmm. if you look on his Wikipedia page. An expert tactician is sort of his main superpower ah, that's listed. Like Captain is America. That he, he, can, he can see a situation and know what is valuable. He kind of has this Jake Peralta quality to him. 
Uh, also it's sort of a Sterling Archer well. quality where he seems very bumbling and goofy and but is actually incompetent at times. But he's brilliant. But he's actually he's brilliant, brilliant and he, he gets shit done. <laughs> yeah. You can see it later. I, I think not so much in this in this segment, but definitely in like nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but just how like smart and competent he really is. Yeah. Yeah. So then Groot, uh, or sorry, Rocket is there masterminding uh, the escape. their escape. Oh yeah, but first he's from he, the he's he's like we're gonna take you to Yondu and we're gonna get rich and it's like how much is Yondu gonna pay you forty thousand units and it's like hey how much is your buyer gonna pay for the sphere four bill a whole lot billion more units. And like you can, <laughs> you can see like Rocket and like uh, uh, Quill just kind of like their eyes go. Boing! It's like, the Looney Tunes dollar signs for eyes. Yeah. Thing. They're like, we're going with it's, you. Yep. We are Donald suddenly Duck. a team. Exactly. Yep. As long as it takes us to get the money, we're good. We'll stick together. So, did either of you two write down what exactly Rocket asked for everybody to collect? Oh, uh, the battery. The it's like the guards have some sort of thing. It's either right. There was thing. like a. Yeah. yeah, the the sort of key um, pass. And then there was off of an yeah, it's guard. like a pass thing. Um, and then there was the battery that they wanted to collect last that Groot went for first because Groot. Yeah, he was just trying to uh, help. Yeah. And then that guy's and leg. Then that guy's yeah. leg. <laughs> which which Quill paid thirty thousand units for, just a little bit less than the fortune <laughs> that was offered for him. If we go through Infinity War. And Rocket does not ask for Bucky's ah! arm at some point. Oh my god. It's going to be a problem for me. <laughs> that guy's arm. Oh my god. Please. 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 I, I, I hope at some point where, uh, Bucky gets an upgraded arm. Because, like, you know, the one he's... I think he's going to get one. The one he got is, like, you yeah. know, Soviet-made, mid-20th century. It's also toast. Hmm? You know, based on oh, the yeah. end of Civil War... Yeah. I suspect it might be Wakandan made. That's true. Just saying. Right. Vibranium. Which oh, is even man. better. <laughs> oh my god, a vibranium arm. With that Shuri made. Yeah. Well, obviously, if it was gonna be made by anyone in Wakanda, it was gonna be made by Shuri. Oh, so we get a little interlude with uh with Thanos and company. Yeah. Doesn't isn't this when um the watcher dude dies? Uh when his like voice or something. Like uh, is that is yeah. that still um not what I don't know if it's still Alexis, Alexis Denisoff, but I think it's the same, to be the same guy. The same guy, yeah. And like, uh, and Ronan is like getting angry at him, and like points his hammer at him, and it spins his head right around. That, yeah. And that's when the he's like, "You, you al- turned my favorite you daughter against my me." My favorite daughter, Gamora, and you see Nebula just kind of go like, <sighs> like she kind of like turns yeah. her head away, like, "Oh, I'm gonna, gonna, gonna I fucking hate her." <laughs> Also, hashtag flat, span- flat, flat Thanos space rocks. <laughs> Damn it! They're round, okay? They're meteors. Like, what is the situation there? Is it just that anybody who shows up to Thanos' place doesn't need, like, an oxygen supply? They can just exist in the vacuum? Or is there, like, a force I field think... around his little little asteroid that maintains an atmosphere? I think you're putting too much no. thought in Ah! <laughs> Sort of like the artificial gravity that they could not possibly have on Battlestar Galactica. Or anywhere in this movie. Just just kind of thinking about that. So we go through the prison break and... Which is awesome. Drax beating him up and, and, and Groot just taking all the bullets mm-hmm. and... Like the the bit where, where Drax throws the gun to, to Rocket and Rocket like cocks it. 
But he goes, oh, yeah. I was like, that is unnecessarily <laughs> sexual coming from a trash panda. <laughs> I, I, that made a lot of furries happy. <laughs> did one at one point Groot just kind of like grew himself tall to it was to get the battery yeah that he was supposed yeah. to get he grew, he grew, he grew himself alarm. tall to get that well, and then right. he grew himself tall again so that they could climb him like a ladder right right and he yeah, also right. grew like his arm a into a time. bush to absorb more bullets yes he did like crazy, it, he made like a, a crazy tree plant thing <laughs> it was so and cool and then they get up there and they, they like you know they, they get, and then Drax saves the day because he takes down some of those Yep, robots yep. Mm-hmm. and then goes you man who is laid with <laughs> like, oh, oh. <laughs> a masquerade man it was one that time, was one one time. and then they get in there and they they like going through the gate and they have the great hero shot where it's like the team for the first time together that, that's yep. good and then they unnecessarily throw that poor like random guy against a wall and he totally dies poor guy <laughs> and then peter has to go back for his walkman yeah yeah well okay before we get to that part his big plan of, okay, so the, the, the rocket troopers come in there and they're blasting the glass yeah. and it's about to break. It's doing that thing like in Nick Fury's car where like the, the armor is just, just about to go. Rocket turns off the he gravity. He turns off the gravity. Okay, cool. That's a great tactic. Great. Awesome. But I'm sorry. Why aren't the highly trained uh, guards of this prison who are existing like in, in, in space, in a space prison with artificial gravity, who presumably do all sorts of fighting from ship to ship? who don't necessarily do most of their time on a planet that has gravity, wouldn't they train for what to do when the artificial gravity fails? (laughs) I'm sorry. The fact that they just drop their weapons and float away just makes me like, like, these are the most poorly trained idiots in the galaxy. I'm sorry. You are using Zendarian logic. They should be trained (laughs) for this. That's just... We don't... Um, I'm going to say... Budget cuts and for-profit prisons. Oh, that, hey, that's a good point. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> like Nova Prime gets the report. It's like, what? How is Zandarian? How did budget. we get this incredible breakout on on, on the uh, on the kiln? Our supposedly like you know biggest thing. Well, we did kind of recently turn it over to a bunch of private contractors, and they made a lot of cuts to try and drive up profits. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> they, they really they really slacked off on training. Nobody knew how to deal with zero gravity. <laughs> Turns out you need to actually invest in your corrections facilities. Yeah. So their ships, yeah. uh, again, as I said, their ships shouldn't be there. Their weapons shouldn't be there. Their stuff shouldn't be there. They shouldn't have, like, they had an infinity stone in their possession and nobody checked. Like, nope, there was no way to tell. <laughs> yeah, like, when I feel like when he was arrested, they would have tried to open that thing. <laughs> And that would have just, that would have just, the movie would have ended right yeah. there. Boom. <laughs> Peter gets arrested. They open the, they open the orb. Infinity Stone is exposed. Game yeah. over. Everybody it's a, dies. It's a nice little bit. I noticed like, uh, you know, when he's like going to, to take out his, to, to get his Walkman back, like uh, everybody he's zapping is using like non-lethal ba- blasts. It's like, oh, yeah. he, here's our hero. Yeah. It's, it's been a heroic guy. Mm. He doesn't have to kill everybody. And flying to the ship to pina, do you like pina coladas? Like, yeah. That was really good. That's so, that's so surreal. Like if you took that, if you took that clip and sent it back in time to like, uh, who was it that actually sang that song? Like if you were to show that to to people when that know. song was like on the top ten, like and it was contemporary, what would their response be? It'd just be like, well, it's what? It's funny, guys. It's funny because the song is actually called Escape. Get it? <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, cha. It the song. 
Escape, the Pina Colada song, is a song written and recorded by British-born American singer Rupert Holmes for his album Partners in Crime. Yep. That is such Check a the bizarre more you know. song. Yep. It is like the cheesiest... Like, it's a song about a couple, both of whom are cheating, or intending to cheat on each other. But then they end up cheating with each other, and it's kind of like, well, I guess this is a, you know, it's just fate. We're stuck together. We just keep coming back to each other. We're like, uh, you know, a bad penny. So now the team is going off to nowhere, spelt K-N-O-W-H-E-R-E. Because space! Yeah, it's like a, a big celestial head. It's like a, it's a hollow planet, you know, because it was once somebody's yeah, head. Yeah, they said it, it, was a cel- it was a dead celestial being, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So does that mean that um, Peter's, Peter's dad? Like Egos or, or Galactus. Something that's able to like eat plants, yeah. but it's like a big hollow. Yeah, space. something and then it died. Huge and powerful. Yeah. Oh, and they said it started as like a mining colony, and they brought like the worst people yeah. in to uh, mine, you know, brain matter and whatever, Bone, probably and tissue like and eyeballs and stuff. Colony. And also, like, they're yeah. like, all of this is completely illegal. I'm like, how could you possibly have a giant floating planet? planetoid you know it's the size of a planet that is totally illegal when that's (laughs) it's like they would find it that's a giant planetoid head gomorra said something about how there's like no regulations there so Mm -hmm. it's basically a libertarian paradise (laughs) yeah yeah it's (laughs) seasteading this is peter thiel's wet dream come true Ugh. Ugh. oh and before before they get there there's like a a, with neon sort green of like slime. speaking about like uh you know the the sort of like running theme of sort of casual uh, gentle sexism in the in the in the movie like Drax's bit where he calls her uh, uh where he calls Gamora a murderess it's sort of like unnecessarily yeah. gendering the term murderer like when I mean I guess like it's a technically correct thing to say but when was the last time you heard someone referred to as a, a murderess the last time I watched yeah this that's movie. it I mean it's like <laughs> it's like can you just put S on the end of any sort of like thing that people are? It's like, you know, a poisoner is a poisoneress. Doctresses. Lady lawyers. Lawyeresses. I just like, really, guy? Okay, whatever. Whatever. He's very literal. Very remember. literal. Everything has to be gendered for him. But I think before we really get to nowhere is you have the first clip of the collector. Oh. Is it before yeah. they get there? Yeah, because we don't... Yeah. Because you don't know... You're not for sure, 100% sure that that's who they're going to meet. Mm. And he just says, um, "Our guest, we have guests coming or something. And then, you know, there's a Teletubby in one of his yeah. cages, cases. <laughs> oh, but before that, we get, like, Yondu going to see the broker. And we get the, oh, right. a, an, an additional, oh, right. like, threat. Like, oh, yeah, the, the whistle arrow. Like, because um, in, in that first bit where he puts the bounty, where he, like, where uh, Quill hangs up on him, and that guy's like, you're always uh-huh. so nice to him. He, like, kind of, you know, motions towards his little whistle arrow or whatever yeah. whatever they actually he call like, that thing. But then, but then in this scene, like, he actually pulls it out a little bit. Like, it comes up. It. And it's like, <laughs> wait, what? But you still, like, don't get a sense of how dangerous the thing is. It's just no, kind of yeah. like this is still no, this is kind of like what a it's not gonna get what a what yet. a quaint weapon that you have there you 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 sort of whistle a jaunty tune and this this arrow flips up I'm like what oh it's, it's so just cute like, what 
How dangerous could that possibly be? <laughs> Very dangerous. More than you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. <sighs> but yeah, so the, the collector, like, being really awful to his uh, slave. She, she's a slave. Yeah. Like, uh, she's a slave. Yeah. yeah. Uh, your people have elbows. Use them. Oh, wait. He does have a name. Yeah. Um, oh. I didn't. Tanalir yeah, Tavan. Okay. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Yes. Mr. Tavan, right. you're a dick. Yep, you are a yep. slave holding dick. Played brilliantly by Benicio I, del Toro. Oh, okay, so is he at his most Benicio del Toro here or in The Last Jedi? Last, Last Jedi. Jedi? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'd say it's like a like combine the two and it is the Absolute most Benicio del Toro. But if you did that, the like, universe would if, end. Exactly. Right. But if like, so like if if you combine the Grandmaster and what's his name from Jurassic Park, you've got the most Jeff Goldblum to ever Jeff Goldblum. And then the universe would just be so happy. <laughs> I mean, it's my birthday. <laughs> so now they're on nowhere. They're mobbed by a group of street urchins. And is it Peter who says, like, oh, watch your wallets? They're adorable, but. Yeah. But yeah. but then there's the little girl and Groot makes a little flower for yeah, her. Yeah, that's sweet. And she's like, yeah. yeah. Groot is so pure. He is a plant that he makes is. him pure. Yeah, yeah. Uh man. All he needs is sunshine and water. So uh, Gamora's contact's making them wait. and yep. We get the bar scene where everybody gets get to, the bar to mingle and, and, and get to know each other better. I come from a planet of outlaws. <laughs> John Stamos. <laughs> John Stamos is an outlaw? No. Well, he starts with like Butch Cassidy, <laughs> Billy the Kid, John Stamos. And this is where he brings up Footloose. Yeah, yeah. I do not dance. Bullshit. Everybody dances. He plays the music for her, and she starts to get into it. She's like, nope, I I will not fall prey to Uh -uh. your pelvic sorcery. I'm not a (laughs) starry-eyed waif. She's like, I've seen this before. I read the texts. I know what to look out for, you charming silver-tongued devil. Are they the same texts that uh, Diana of the Mascara read? (laughs) She read some stuff. Probably not the same yes. text. No. Um, so then inside the bar, uh, Drax and Rocket are literally about to kill each other. Vermin rodents. Calls them vermin. Yep. And that, like, Rocket is legitimately triggered by being called mm-hmm. vermin. Yeah. Like, he is immediately, yeah. you know, mentally back to wherever he was with whoever put him through whatever I can't imagine the names that they called him and he's just he's a mess he's straight a mess he's like I didn't ask for them to make me like this I didn't ask to be ripped yeah. apart and you, he's he's about to cry yeah he's really he he's about to cry because of tocu- toxic recu- raccoon raccoon masculinity <laughs> Raccoonicity? He is, he, he's really steeped in toxic raccoonicity. Toxic raccoonicity. Yeah. He can't cry and let out his feelings. This is why none of you have any friends. <laughs> oh my god. 
Peter is basically the dad to a whole bunch yeah, of like he's whiny teenagers. So hard. Yeah. Like this is, you know, a- apart from it being his his charm and his ability to talk through things being sort of his power, like he also wants friends. He wants mm-hmm. to have yeah. a group. He feels lonely, and I think he definitely doesn't feel like the Ravagers really want him around. Yeah, <laughs> like he, wants to he was make raised space by them, himself. but he doesn't. Yeah, he's always looking for to find home. Yeah. Oh, oh man! I hope he gets to go to Earth. Me, Me too. too. Oh, oh my god! I'm like having feelings thinking about it, so I need to move on before I start having like. Is there ah. any chance his grandfather is still alive? <sighs> Possibly. It's it's been 26 years. Like if he was 60 something, maybe. maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Late 80s. Oh, man, it's that'd possible. Be so weird. It would be right? super weird. It'd be like Peggy. Um, mm, that'd be so sad. It's been 84 years. <laughs> oh yeah, that'd just be like a, a moment. You know, he's like, "Hold on, I gotta do something." It's just like, "Oh, I didn't, you know, thank you, and like, I'm sorry, and I'm okay." Yeah. And then he dies. Yep. It, it would be. Or nice. he'd look up like his aunts and uncles or something. Yeah, he has family. Yeah. Yeah. It would be nice. So then. uh Tanelier's slave comes to collect them all. Milady, She's doing that weird walk. Milady. She's doing that weird, like, shuffly walk with her hands clasped together and her elbows out and just looking very bizarre and uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, and miserable. Mm-hmm. And Benicio's and Benicioing get... all over the screen. And then we get a whole bunch of exposition. Which is really, really important exposition. Oh, yeah. For the whole it, like, MCU. You get the more... Yeah, I mean, like, I remember a friend of mine was watching this um, a couple weeks ago, and and then she got through it, and she was like, wow, I didn't actually realize that Guardians of the Galaxy was actually important to the MCU. It's the linchpin when it comes to the Infinity Stones. Like, we got a little taste of it in uh, the Dark World, but Mm -hmm. Tanelier is the one who lays it all out. Like, he's And I think they did that on purpose. You know, because otherwise there is no connection. Yeah. So, you know, we get introduced to, like, the six stones, and this purple one is the power stone. Is that what it is? I think so, yeah. Uh, Super destructive, was once, uh, you know, held by a group of people, but a bunch, like, a group of people together were able to contain its power, but they were eventually destroyed. Chekhov's group of people holding the (laughs) infinity stone. (laughs) Um, Destroys all organic matter on a planet. Uh, terrifying shit. We don't want Ronan to get it. No, we do not. Scary. Very scary. And then you get and... that really sad moment where it's like, this you know, this this thing can grant you so much power, and his slave is just like, okay. And she goes and grabs it to yep. try and get it, you know, trying to get free, get revenge, get something, get dignity. Yeah. And, uh, kaboom! Whatever it yep. is, I think... Her primary motive was just, like, fucking kill... Getting out. Kill him. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she was listening. She knew that she probably wouldn't survive it. I don't think she cared. Yeah. I think Mm -hmm. at this point it was, like, her desire to destroy him overrid... Yeah. Overrode... Yeah. ...her self-preservation. And I I love, like, the sort of, like, instant... Like, after the explosion, like, uh... is, Is it Gamora that's, like, we have to take this to the Nova Corps? 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like Gamora's she's like the one. instantly yeah. like, we must take this to the proper authorities. <laughs> like she went yeah. from being a place where she's like, I'm going to sell this. I'm going to get billions of credits. And like, you know, she's she's on the outs with the Nova Corps. She they, they just put her in prison. Mm-hmm. She's she she doesn't. Yeah. You know, she knows they don't like her. But at the same time, she's like, the only proper place for this to go is the place that I used to be against. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think her, I mean. That must be part of. Like, I think she knows that the Nova Corps have the resources to handle something that powerful. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think her main thing is not so much we need to take it to the Nova Corps as we need to get this the fuck away from Ronan. Like, that's number one on her mind. Yeah. But I do like that she is the one who's like, okay, this is dangerous. Let's, let's, uh, she turns into the mom friend. Yep. You know? Yep. yep. She's the mom. Peter's the dad. And Drax is being a stupid, rebellious teenager because he fucking called Ronan. Which to is come the to nowhere. dumbest thing. <laughs> He's like, I will get my revenge. Oh, we're not going like, to dude, go find how- him. I will call him to us. I'm like, dude, how much testosterone poisoning do you have? <laughs> All of it. Calm the fuck down. That's what he was drinking. <laughs> testosterone? I'm sure yes. you could probably get that at a space bar. Yeah. Well, yeah, especially if they're they're mining the head of, like, you know, a long dead celestial being that still has brain matter. Yeah. There's probably a space where, you know, like, uh, is it the pituitary gland that, that produces uh, testosterone? Yeah, they can get it from there. Celestial testosterone. Yep. That'll poison the shit out Yummy. of you. <laughs> Tasty. <laughs> That'll make you into a, a raging bundle of aggression. <laughs> Although you'll still be utterly incapable of actually hurting the thing you're trying to hurt. My Drax. God. Damn it. Oh, that yeah, that's the thing that I forgot to look up. Like how tall Dave Batista? Because Dave Batista is like he's a big guy, but I don't think he's actually too tall. Mm-mm. Yeah, like I think he's shorter. He looks like he's shorter than Zoe Saldana. And and like uh. He or looks close a to her lot night. shorter than uh, than Lee Pace. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. If you were to make Lee pa- Lee Pace and Dave Batista fight, Batista would kill him. But <laughs> oh yeah. But if you were to make Dave Batista fight Ronan, yeah, that's different. That's different. <laughs> so that's guys, exactly what happens. A few years back, when the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge was going around, yeah, and yeah. everyone was like daring each other, I did that. And I wanted to put a compilation together of all the Marvel people. I never got around to it. Ah. But when Dave Bautista was recording his video, he was just sitting in an ice bath, like (laughs) bathtub filled with ice. And he's like, I'm a wrestler. I do this all the time. (laughs) (laughs) This is not a challenge for me. (laughs) So Ronan comes, tears shit up, tells Drax that he doesn't remember Drax's family, which is just like. That was, that's hard. And it. I mean, that's a, killer. That, that's a killer. That's a killer line, and it's great. He delivers it really well. But it, like, it reminded me of the terrible 1990s Street Fighter movie where Raul Julia God. tells Ming Na Wen as Chun Li that uh, for you, the day Bison came to your village was the most important day of your life. For me, it was Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> And I just, like, that's, I immediately, like, I I just, I went right to that line in my head and it just made me laugh. (laughs) I mean, it's done well in the scene. It's done well in the movie. And, you know, plenty of people who may have also seen the Street Fighter movie didn't make the same connection I did. But I I made that connection and it just made me giggle like an idiot. 
<laughs> Ronan the Accuser is Ed Bison. <laughs> hmm. But then Groot saves him. Yeah, because Groot. Because Groot grows like a thorny thing and stabs him in the chest and drains his lungs. Like a Groot. Yep, yep. He's, he's quite knowledgeable about um, sort of human-shaped physiology. Anatomy. Yeah. It's just like, it's yeah. good that you know that tree person who <laughs> hangs out with a raccoon person. I mean, he's smarter than you think he would be, even if he yeah. drinks out of fountains. I am Groot. Um, I am Groot. Where did you I learn how Groot. to do that? I am Groot. Yeah. I, I, I love the uh, the little escape scene with the the pods, like the little sort of mining. I love pods. that, and and they're like these things are industrial grade. They're completely, they're practically indestructible. And it's like they're not indestructible from blasts. And it's like, yeah, that's not my point. Oh, yeah, and then, and then just rockets just like oh, things. <laughs> oh, it's See? so good, tactician. <laughs> also, I love that he like. I, it was weird that they used those pods essentially to like. Then break into the sh- the necro yeah. They rip one and open then, like, and use the little sort of mining hands. That was to, so like, cool. Control the controls and fly it. That was so cool. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> but then Gamora is lost in space. Gamora gets hunted down by her sister. Pew 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 pew. And then Peter takes off his little, like, head, like, helmet thing and puts it on her. And they're yeah. like, oh, my God, you're going to die. And then he doesn't die good. because he sent the message to, to Yondu and, and was like, hey, man, come and here. And because he's not human. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not like, human. For also, the sa- well, it, he is not human, but I was going to say for the same reason that Leia didn't die in the vacuum of space. Pure awesomeness. The force. <laughs> It's not like a, <laughs> space doesn't actively want to kill you. It doesn't try to do anything. It's just, you know, a vacuum. Cold. Yeah, it's just a cold. Well, it's also, it's cold, but there's right. nothing. Pressure and there's no pressure. There, yeah, it's yeah. cold and there's no pressure, but it's also, I mean, like, it, it, it is cold in its way, but you don't actually lose your heat very quickly because there's right. nothing to conduct your heat away. So it takes a while. Eventually, you'll get as cold. You'll freeze. But the freeze isn't instantaneous. Like, the big thing is... You'd probably suffocate first. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You'll, you'll yeah. absolutely die of not being able to breathe. But also, like, you know, if he, if he knows to, to breathe out and, like, you know, expel, like, he can, he can last for a moment. You know, the same way you would last... Um, well, maybe not the same way, but you know, similar to being underwater. Ish. <laughs> ish. We'll give that an ish. I mean, you know, it's, we'll give it's that just, a, just okay. saying that it's not like in uh, Event Horizon where your body just spontaneously explodes... When you're out exposed to right. space, well, that's been that's been, uh, I think, disproven. Yep, yep. A long time ago. Yep. No, yep, yep. I know he is part tardigrade. <laughs> 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 no, that's the secret. The tardigrade is an, is a celestial being. <laughs> I mean, that makes as much sense as anything else about tardigrades. Have you watched uh, Star Trek Discovery? No, no, but I, I heard there is a giant tardigrade. There's a giant tardigrade, and it is responsible for being able to travel at faster than warp speed, so it is a giant celestial being. <laughs> <laughs> that is what Nowhere be- was at one point. Nowhere, nowhere was a tardigrade. Was a tardigrade. It was a water bear. 
How did Tardigrades get the name Water Bear? What a silly, stupid name. Water Bear. So cute. I don't know, but one year for Christmas, I got my brother a shirt that says Water Bear Swim Team. (laughs) (laughs) So then doesn't, so Yondu comes to collect them? Waking up in missionary. Yeah. Is that what happens? Yondu swoops them up? Yeah. Picks them up? Yondu saves them. They have the sort of like the close encounters of the third kind, like really pretty lights. And then uh, on on the planet, you know, Drax gets up from his uh, near drowning in brain goop. What color was that goop? It Yellow. was like lime green. It was like weird chartreuse mm, color. Okay, so some kind of weird, gross thing. So not necessarily maybe maybe like bile or mucus instead of brain matter. No, I I thought it was like a spinal fluid. Mm, okay, okay. So he wakes up in that and instantly realizes he was a fool. His anger was just to cover his loss. I I like that he like sort of quickly snaps out of it. I hear near death experiences do stuff to you. <laughs> Yep, so they decide to go and save uh save Peter. And they, they have the little uh the, the little confrontation with Yandu's ship. After after like Quill and Yandu and Gamora like sort of like talk it out, like what oh, what did I write down for here? Ronan is a dum dum. Turn him over in five seconds or I'm gonna blow your ship up. <laughs> you gave him five seconds! We worked it out. <laughs> we, he get he you know, threatens with the whistle arrow again. Mm-hmm. Z- Z- Gamora is like really concerned about the Xandar's billions of people. Again, like there's mm-hmm. some sort of like personal development happened to- happened to her like in the days before this movie yeah. that we don't get to see. Yeah. There's probably like a prequel comic or something. Oh, I, hope. I hope so. I just it just frustrating. A little bit, a little bit. It was clearly missing. Yeah, but I mean at the same time we don't get to see like you know Drax's family get killed. <laughs> no, but we see at least like the fallout and his growth and mm. Mm. change, you know, going from being completely vengeance driven to yeah. realizing that he was being reckless. Yeah, so we just kind of get and... her after that's happened and she's changed. Yeah. Hmm. Which is why I'm kind of like, why? Like, I, I couldn't quite get a handle on her motivations sometimes because of that. Yeah. Yeah. So they all get reunited and Jerry they want to Yes. Well no, first we have the twelve percent of a plan. Twelve <laughs> percent of a plan. Just similar to twelve percent of a moment, but not yep. quite. And then Ra- Rocket has the whole here, I'm standing. We're all standing. Like a bunch of like a bunch of idiots. <laughs> and then we have But Jerry before Bones. that there was the moment of like Rocket being like, why do you want to sit? Like, uh, the galaxy's full of idiots. Like, what has the galaxy ever done for you? I live in it. I'm one of the idiots He's who like, lives I'm in one it. of the idiots who lives in it. And so do you. Yep. You can't leave the galaxy. It's very far <laughs> to the next galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> very, very far. I seem to recall, like, a thing that, you know, completely different fandom, but just uh, going to show how big galaxies are. Yeah. Uh, someone showed the Milky Way where Earth is and approximated the amount of travel that they would have done in Battlestar Galactica over their, like, four years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not that far. No, not that far <laughs> no, at all. They not really all. did not go far no. at all. Absolutely not that far. No. Nope. Yeah, what was it uh, on Thor, The Dark World? Uh, I told you, like, our, our we're in, like, one of the spiral arms of the galaxy, and it takes us, like, 200 million years for our, our spiral yeah. arm to do a complete rotation. 
The universe is big, guys. Don't. The cosmological yeah. scale is vast. The lifetime of our planet compared to the lifetime of the universe is going to be like a millisecond. If you ever, if you're ever in New York City, go to the Rose Center at the American Museum of Natural History, and they have an amazing exhibit called "The Scales of the Universe." Oh, so cool! It's really cool. Mm. Like in the dead center, you have a human brain, so that's like a one-to-one scale, uh-huh. and then. Mm-hmm. Going both up and down, it takes you into, like, the largest parts of the universe and then the smallest parts of the universe with visuals, like, you have the um, Hayden Planetarium, which is a giant sphere, and they show you things in relation to the size of that planetarium. It's really (laughs) terrifying. I'll have to find that picture I have of you where you're putting your head to the brain. Yes, I booped the brain with my brain. I'll put that in the Facebook group. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, so again, John C. Riley, working class cop, gets woken yep. up with the uh, the dick message. <laughs> you got my dick message. You got my dick message. <laughs> well, I don't think anybody's 100% I may be an a-hole, but I am not 100% Do you believe that he's here to help? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I don't think anyone's 100% and now it's time for yet another climactic sky battle. I really liked this sky battle. Yeah, it's it's really beautiful. It's, it's a it's a it's a well done sky battle. It's very well done. I actually had more um emotions when the all the ravager ships went down were down on the ground and shooting yeah. up. Yeah. Saving like, saving that, people that from the suicide was ships. It's a lot heavier to me than just like, <gasps> um the earlier parts yeah. of it. Well, because um, Jaime like, Honsu came back and told Yondu, like, have your men, you know, back up Ronin, basically, to turn on the Nova Corps. Well, what? No. So no. Was the, the Nova other? Corps showed up and did that really awesome, like, well, the Ravi- interlocked shield thing. The Ravagers thing. attacked first. And, right. And- the Ravagers attacked, and the Nova Corps backs them up. And then they do that shield thing. Right. And they do that thing where they, like, form that net and try to slow down the ship. Okay, but there At was the thing point? with the arrow. Like, the arrow not, happened. Not yet. Not yet. Right. Until he gets but not yet? Not yet. Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. So, the uh, Ronin sends all of the, his ships to dive bomb the city. Yeah. Right. Like, as, as because sort of like a lat. the Nova Corps is, it's unprotected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing with, um, with Yondu is that his ship gets shot down when they're right. trying to get make entry. And so he gets out, and there's Jaiman Huntsu and all the other guys, and that's when he brings out the arrow, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah, I literally just watched this movie, and I'm getting all turned around. Yeah, I mean, like, any of those sky battles get a little bit confusing. You get a little bit lost, and it's hard to necessarily tell yeah. who was where when. Yeah. It's all happening all at the same time. But so. yeah, when, so yeah, Yandu gets gets shot down, and he's he's getting out of his ship. And he's surrounded by these, you know, the necro things, and they they do threaten him, and they're like, "You, you, you should join us." It's just like, why, why on earth? Whatever. Anyway, so he because we're scary and we have space guns that are big. He just nonchalantly <laughs> like whistles his little arrow up, and like, and these things like just look at him like what, and then you know like just whistles it in like this path, and it just zips through everybody's chest. The start, when when I was watching the other day, the start of this whole whistle sequence 
reminded me of when uh, Gandalf was whistling for Shadowfax <laughs> in Two Towers. That's great. I love that. So I was half expecting to see a, you know, one of the Miras running across, galloping across the land. <laughs> yeah, so that thing, like, it zips through all of the, it zips through a guy in a ship that comes, like, flo- you know, flying down, cr- explodes, and then they all just drop dead at once. And I'm like, yeah, wow, okay. That, uh, it's pretty badass. paid off. There's, there's no yeah. reason everyone was terrified of his little whistly yep. arrow. Hashtag meanwhile. Yep. Peter has managed to crash the Milano into the Dark Aster. Just one, one thing really quick. The, the Milano, I really love the design of the ship. I think it's a really cool ship. The name, uh-huh. Milano, that's supposed to be... He named it for Alyssa yes, Milano. excellent. That's who yeah. I thought. And, and yeah. that is, that was, that is um, a name I would have also chosen. Yeah. That was Chris Pratt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that also, was Chris Pratt? I thought that yep. was... That's not something from the comics? Uh... No, I'm pretty sure huh. that was Chris Pratt doing cool. it. Cool. All right. It just makes me think of Milano cookies, and then I it would makes have also... me hungry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no. As as a boy in 1988, I would have also gone with the name Milano. That's a good name. Anyway, so so they get into they get into Ronan's ship. They need to get the doors open. Right. That's like a huge thing. So Gamora goes down to, I guess, the controls or something to get the door open, but Nebula confronts her there. Yeah, and yeah. they fight, and I guess they have some sibling tension because Nebula literally no cuts her own arm off <laughs> to get um, away from her. Rab- she has the same. She has the same Loki moment where she's like hanging there, and Gamora's like, "I'll bring you up. Come on, it'll be fine." And and she's like, "Nope, I choose to fall." But like Loki, just let go. Nebula cut her fucking arm off. <laughs> yeah. And then she very fortunately lands on a ship and, like, punches her way in and takes the ship. I'm like, what? Okay, cool. All right. Yeah, that's a, that's a way to live your life, Nebula. <laughs> She's going to be around for the sequel. And so they open the doors and Jimon they storm and a in. Bunch of, and... bunch of guys and, like, they... And, they... and the plan works perfectly. They just... Blow the hell out of Ronan. Oh yeah, yeah. He just he doesn't die. Yeah, he just doesn't die. But they don't know he that shrugs yet. Shrugs it off. Right. And the ship is crashing, and they're gonna crash into the planet. And so Groot, Groot grows a little like cage around them. A ball of his own body, and, and it's, it's filled uh, with like fireflies, and it's beautiful. And it starts. And Rocket's like, like "No, you're and... going to die." We just like, are Groot. Didn't didn't he like wipe a tear off of Rocket's cheek? First? Yes. Oh my god. Yes, he did. It's like <laughs> so heartbreaking. And I that, know. It and in like, that moment, everybody in the theater is like, "I care about a raccoon in a tree." <laughs> I know. How did how did James Gunn and 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 Marvel do this? Oh my god. I am mad that I am crying about a raccoon in a tree and that it's so meaningful to me. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I feel manipulated. Oh, man. <laughs> and they all crash. 
and Rocket's picking up sticks and crying, and then Ronan, hey, surprise, bitch, thought you saw the last of me. <laughs> he confronts the uh, the citizens of the Mall of Xandar. With his glowy stick of doom. And then Peter starts singing, ooh, child, listen, and- Oh, wait, wait was, uh, listen to these words, like, Peter's a fucking hypnotist. <laughs> well, because they had had that, you know, awesome nonverbal communication because Rocket found the parts to the gun, yeah. the cannon. <laughs> so Peter, you know, I'm going to distract him. I'm going to just sing. Singing, yep. doing his dancing, throws it over to Gamora, who just gives him like, what the fuck are you doing? Take it, it back. Take it back. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just very straight up. Ronan's like, what are you doing? He's like distracting you distracting you big you. idiot oh man and then that was good. go off infinity stone comes out of the hammer glowy faciness ah and then he get you get that like excellent slow mo he's trying to grab it before ronin grabs it and then everything's on fire and he sees his mom and then he sees his mom which is so, like, Aww. it's awe, but it's kind of weird. Well, you know, if you're dying, your life flashes before your eyes. Also, because because Gamor- he heard Gamora say, take my hand, which is the last yeah. thing he heard from her- his mother. Yeah. That was yeah, a so. that was a triggering phrase. Yeah. Exactly. So she grabs on, and then Drax grabs on, and then Rocket and, grabs and they on. Were all, they were all shocked by Iron Man Mark 42, <laughs> so they couldn't move. <laughs> And Rona's like, how are you doing this? Because we're the guardians of the galaxy, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so serious. I know. Excellent hero shot there. Yep. Yep. And then they just... Yep, and then they close the thing up. And Yondu demands it. Yep. Gimme, gimme. And you see, as Yondu approaches, you see Peter, like, low-key just bring the orb behind his back. So you kind of, like, knew he was yeah. going to switch it out. Like, you knew. <laughs> Especially because then you see him reach back again and pull out the orb. So it's like, oh, that's not the real thing. Yeah. It's like he had a backup. <laughs> and just in case you didn't pick up on that, he says it right after Yondu takes off. He's like... Or he actually, he warns Yondu, like, don't open it. You've seen what that thing can do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because he knows that Yondu's eventually going to open it. Yeah, of course. But then he's like, I wonder how far he's going to get before he realizes that I swapped the orbs. Oops. <laughs> For a troll doll. <laughs> For a troll doll. <laughs> One of the only troll dolls in the Zendarian ne- galaxy. <laughs> Which also, like, one of the things about Yondu's ship is that he had all those little, like, tchotchkes, like, knickknacks sitting on, like, the, oh, you yeah. know, control panel. he was, like, uh, with the broker, he's like, yeah, you got any of these, yeah. like, little things? I like to line them up on my, my dash panel. Yeah. yeah. So the troll you know makes what? sense. It does. And you know what? When he does open it up at the end, he kind of looks he happy about he it. Smiles. He's yeah, like, he laughs. Aw. He's like, oh, thanks, Because he's guy. Peter's daddy. Yep. That's true. That's super true. It's uh, a present from Peter. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, son. And then you have the fun bit where, you know, they confirm that Peter is not, in fact, human. We also get to see John C. Riley's purple family. Yep. Which is really awesome. <laughs> it's like, I have a family and they're alive because of you. Yeah, because they were, they were in some of the shots of, like, running away from the uh, the suicide ships, right? And then you have the bit where it's like, what if I some what if someone has something that I Oh, yeah. Want? John C. Riley says that they're... Um, 
their criminal records have been expunged. But yeah. Don't do anything just, else bad. And Rocket's immediately like, no, 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 I want it more than they <laughs> they want it. But sir, you don't understand. What if what if someone does something that displeases me? Can I rip their spine out? That that that's murder. It's actually one of the worst crimes. So also illegal. And then he turns to Peter and says, "You're gonna keep." Or Peter says, "I'm gonna keep my eye on him." And John C. Riley just has this look of like, "Oh no, oh no, we've made a terrible mistake." But remember, he's not a hundred percent a dick. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, also, when the Ravagers take off. Uh, one the like second in command makes a comment to Yandu about how like, um, we should have delivered him to his dad or something, or like something like that. No, like we were hired. that second in command. If he looked familiar to you, it's because he was on Gilmore Girls. Ah, as Kirk, and also that's James Gunn's brother, right? Yep, that's Sean Gunn, brother of James. But yeah, if you thought he was familiar, it's because he's Kirk. He grew it up. <laughs> he's, he's trying another job. He's being an intergalactic <laughs> he really uh, is. mercenary space pirate. <laughs> yep. It's a good career change. And Yandu's like, that guy was an asshole. <laughs> so yeah, they've already set up, you know, the big the big bad for movie two. Also, also now, uh, as they're, you know, getting ready to leave, you see that Rocket's carrying around a little pot with yeah. a stick in it. Oh. Yep. And then as they're, you know, doing the little music thing, because Peter has found, Peter finally opened the present from his mom. Yeah. Mm. Finally. Bring himself and that's, you see the note, two. and you see the note is made out to my little Star Lord. Yeah. So I think he had, he, he had to have read that part before, right? Probably. I think that's probably just what yeah. she called him. Yeah. In oh, general, like she like that said was her it. nickname like for she him. Said it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is why he picked it as his, his like, badass. Yeah. Yeah. Code name. Like, you might know me as as, as Donald. As the thing my mommy called me. My mommy called me this. I feel <laughs> like if I were to be like, you know, confronted by cops and be like, you might know me as Kissy Fur. <laughs> you might know me as Rangaroo. <laughs> Man, our moms need to come up with better badass names. I have to no, wait, let's let I have to figure out what mine were. Mine would be Goose, <laughs> Magoo, and Rutabaga. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Rutabaga! I like that. <laughs> so the first song of the Awesome Mix Volume Two that we hear is "Ain't No Mountain High Enough." Mm-hmm. And um, as he comes up to his pilot's chair, and you get a, you see Rocket, and then the pot, and then Groot wakes up, and he's stretched. It's like so he's cute. Oh, a he's little, little baby, baby tree. I'm a tiny sleepy baby stick. Yep. Yep. Oh, man. That's so good. And then you have, like, this ending that's like, so what's next? Something good. Something, something bad. A little bit of both. A little bit of both. And he and, says. Mora's like, Star-Lord. Well, follow your lead, because we're dumb. A little bit of both. And then they take off, and I want you back starts, like, rocking out. And, uh, oh! I, uh, man, I, I've for years seen the, the Milano, like, Lego set, and it's just like, I want to buy it. Oh. Yeah. I'm tempted to just buy it, like, put it in the closet for when my kid is actually old enough in, like, five I years. I was going to say, like, get it for your son. <laughs> get, quote, for get it for years. your son. <laughs> uh, I just might do that. I might do that. Uh, oh, the pick. The picture you have of him in the rocket raccoon pajamas is really great. Oh, oh yeah. Maybe maybe I'll put that in a group. 
Maybe I'll put that in. Um, so dancing baby group, like kills me. It's beautiful. The timing with like how he freezes as soon as Drax looks at him. Yeah. But like the that scene has stuck with us so much. We were messing around in the mall the other day, and <laughs> I want you back started playing, and it didn't matter that we were in a crowd of like a hundred people. I started people. dancing. We just started doing the little group dance. <laughs> Just like the way the arms and like shifty thing. Oh my god! Because <laughs> we are nerds. Yep. And they sold so many little baby Groot things. <laughs> yep. I have I have one. It's somewhere. My mom loved Baby Groot. I gave her a like a mug with Rocket and Baby Groot. <laughs> I think they made a Chia Pet. Yeah. I think they made a Baby Groot Chia Pet. Nice. Yeah, so that's like the mid quote mid credit scene, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the final credit scene is um, back at the collector's lair Ugh. with uh, with Cosmo. We with see Cosmo. Cosmo, the space dog. Yeah, and then this, and then this thing, Howard in the, the duck. Si- Howard, Howard the, fucking, the duck. fucking duck. Was that Bradley Cooper? I think so. It sounded. It sounded, it like, sounded him. like him. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I was just like, why? Why did this exist? Why is this tormenting me? Reasons. We're never going to get a- get away from <laughs> We're never Howard going to get away duck. from Howard the Duck. <laughs> and yeah, that wraps Guardians of the Galaxy. Hey, wow. We are under an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah, this is kind of magic. Uh you you don't really know it necessarily because I'm able to uh cut it down. Cut it down. But uh, last week's Winter Soldier was almost three hours by the time we finished, <laughs> and I got it down to five minutes under the runtime of the movie. <laughs> hey, good job! Hey, I feel like magic. So next week it will be <laughs> Avengers: Age of Ultron. Oh my goodness, we have come so far. We are. I know. I was like, we're on this already. What? We are looking down the barrel of the end of Oof. Phase Two, guys. Oof. My goodness, the vibranium barrel. Is, uh, yeah, it's been a while. I I need to... Mm -hmm. This movie has everything. (laughs) Farms with children. Hulk-busting suits in South Africa. Crazy twins. James Spader. James Spader. (laughs) All right. Have a great week, listeners. We will be back with many thoughts and feelings about Avengers Age of Ultron. Lots, 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 and lots. Oh, my goodness. Elevator's not worthy. (laughs) No. See you next time. Stay cool. Bye.